Welcome back. Oh, I whoa, hit the button. Welcome. Okay. Yeah, so did I. Oh, I ruined it. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Aw. We're back. A, a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> they get many peeks, but there's no curtain anymore. Let's be real. No. The curtain is gone. We set That's fire true. to that curtain ages ago. But yeah. we're crime culture, by the way. Hey. That's Haley. That's Haley. Yeah. <laughs> That's Caitlin. It doesn't work as well for me. My name is broken. That's okay. Right. Um, Haley, what are we doing today? What are you up to? What's going on? Uh, How was your honeymoon? <laughs> fantastic. We're not right? recording this before it. <laughs> How was your honeymoon? I'm did you just looking thing? up to see. Yeah, I went to the place and did the thing. Okay. And it was it was great. That's great. That's great. And, and did you bring Loved your every minute of it. I brought him there, but did I bring him back? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Goodness gracious me, oh my. Um, yeah. You yeah. can tell this is the second episode we've recorded today. <laughs> true, true. Because <laughs> we're fully unhinged. Um, yes, so at the time that this comes out, we are almost done with spooktober so this is your reminder that we will be streaming a horror movie selected by our lovely patreon patrons on twitch for everyone to watch y'all can enjoy it we can enjoy it um but yeah so it's gonna be a little surprise prize. i think uh because we've been flying through these episodes and it's just been a, a spooky month to yes. beat all months i don't i think we didn't take the time to thank our uh our uh patreon, patreon patrons. patrons yes <laughs> so i want to uh do that before the month is over hell yeah our our love lucian thank mm-hmm. you so much sarah mm-hmm. we got travis stevie kim uh janny is it i always get this wrong is it janny or janie it's janny We've done this My so many times. My brain says Johnny because that was the name of the Asian restaurant where I was, where I grew up. It was called Johnny. It was delicious. All right. And Camilla. Camilla. Thank you, everybody. And some of those names will pop up again when we do our uh, our Spooktober Secret Satan gift exchange. Yes. We'll see you soon. Yes. We'll see you soon. We're going to open our gifts and it's going to be fun. And it's going to be Halloween. Bop, bop. I don't up, know. Up, up. Yeah, sure. I don't know. But uh, before we get to that, we should get to this episode. Is what I think yeah. you're saying. Yes. All right. Well, then let's get right into it. Let's get popping. Let's do it. Um. So we're gonna talk about Barbara Skrilova. I already mm-hmm. fucked up her name. It's Barbara Skrilova. All right. Um, so to understand Skrilova and her case, we need to go back a bit further to around the time that she was born, except we're not going to talk about when she was born. So we're mm. going to talk about a woman named Clara Mauerova, who was born in 1975 in Czechoslovakia, which is now the Czech Republic. And from an early age, it was apparent that both Clara and her sister Katerina suffered from mental health issues with it now being believed that at least Clara has schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. For example, the sisters would tell people that they were conceived and put on this earth to fulfill a mission from God. And Clara would tell people specifically that she was the reincarnation of Joan of Arc and therefore she could talk to God and she would have conversations with him. Mm. Um, However, despite needing help, Neither of them got it. Uh, They went on to live life as if they didn't need any mental health help. Um, 
Clara went to school, graduated, and went on to attend college where she met an older man who would become the father of her two children, Jacob and Andres. However, the man left her when the boys were still pretty little because the delusions and attacks of violence caused by Clara's mental illness. He just, he was like, I can't take your erratic behavior anymore. And he left the entire family. Hmm. Despite this, despite her mental illness, um, going, what's the word that I'm looking for? Unchecked, unmedicated. Um, Clara was actually said to have been a good mother and would often be seen just playing with her boys. And she was devoted to them. She loved them very much. Um, so after the couple separated, Clara, her sister Katerina, and her two children all moved in together. And it's at about this point that Clara meets fellow university student Barbara Skrilova. Okay. Skrilova also suffered from mental health issues, as well as a glandular disease called hypopituitarism, which, according to the Mayo Clinic, is, quote, or, quote, is a rare disorder in which your pituitary gland fails to produce one or more hormones or doesn't produce enough hormones, end quote. Okay. So in Skrilova's case, this disorder resulted in her looking like a young girl standing at five foot two and having childlike features, despite the fact that at the time she met um, Clara, I, I'm just going, but I'm not trying to avoid saying Maurova, but because it's Clara and Katerina Maurova, uh, it's just, Go I with figured, first names. It, it, I'm going with first names. Yes. So at the time Skrilova met Clara, she was a 32 year old adult. Clara okay. did but not. She l- Yes. But she looked like a She a, looked like a, a child. She looked like okay. a child. Like I'd say like um like what she told people she was was like 12 or 13 depending on my sources. Um, okay. So she looked young. Um so after spending some time in a psychiatric hospital as an adult, Skrilova developed a plan to use her appearance to her advantage and on several occasions she would present herself as a child. Uh, she would use this ploy to get out of legal troubles with the police, uh, to manipulate people into caring for her, even getting people get to a ad- discounted movie tickets. Hey, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she can she can ride all of the rides, but she pays the children's yeah. price. Um, yeah. No, she got people to actually like adopt her, which we'll get into. And mm. um, allegedly, like the two women became friends. At which point, Skrilova told Clara that she had escaped from a juvenile center where she was living because she was being abused. Like, she'd escaped it because she was being abused. Uh-huh. So out of pity, Clara invited Skrilova to live with her, Jacob, Andrej, and Katerina. And it wasn't long before Skrilova's mental health issues began to surface. She had at least two personalities. She ha- It's believed she has multiple personality disorder. Um, And two of her personalities, one was a dominant woman and the other was a little girl, the latter of whom began to resent Clara's sons and the attention they received. So Skrilova began causing trouble and breaking shit and then blaming it on the boys. Okay. And Clara, while at the time was an okay mother considering her mental health difficulties, she was not in a position to appropriately react towards this misbehavior. Um, this isn't to excuse what she did and what she's going to do, but it, it's just like, like we've talked about perfect storms before, and this is just yeah. one of those that's brewing. We have two mentally unhealthy women, or three mentally unhealthy women, I should say. Um, who are ignoring who, their... Not even ignoring, like, I think that they were just not, I think, I, I think, I think, I think the Maurova girls were failed. I think that they okay. should have gotten help. Nobody got them help. And now they're here. 
they didn't get themselves help or they were they, not they given were not given the help. opportunity okay like right. by like th- they were showing signs of having mental health issues from like early childhood yeah and, and nobody no, got and them everyone help. ignored it yes okay. and they just acted like everything was fine and like it was normal for kids to be like oh we were put on here on this earth as a mission from god and like that's i'm not talking to nobody i'm talking to god like i mean you're yeah it, yeah um it's one thing to be very religious it's another thing to be like un- unwell so yeah um this this isn't gonna end well for those who are curious um Skrilova, on this podcast never <laughs> but yeah Skrilova recommended that the maurova sisters ask a man who she only referred to as the doctor for help with clara's misbehaving sons and the women desperate not to lose Skrilova and her affections they loved her and saw her as like a part of their family yeah um went to him and said okay what do we do now this may come as a shock to you but it turns out the dude wasn't a doctor no (gasps) i know (laughs) um in fact he was the leader of a splinter sect of a cult known as the grail movement which was founded in germany in the late 1940s and is dedicated to the dissemination and spread of the work in the light of truth the grail message which is a book by self-proclaimed messiah abdrushin abd Ru Shin hyphenated. Okay. AKA Oscar Ernst Bernhardt. Um, and as a result, or as it turned out, uh, the sect leader or the leader of this particular sect, which is kind of going off on its own, like, and becoming more culty and more fucked up. The leader was none other than Joseph Skrla. Mm. Barbara Skrlova's father. Okay. Uh-huh. So, preying on the women's religious delusions, the doctor convinced the Maurovas that they could get into heaven if they did exactly what he told them to do, and explained to them that it didn't matter if anything that he told them to do was wrong, or a crime, or anything like that, because they were absolved by God of committing any misdeeds. He often advised the sisters to practice a bunch of decidedly not chill acts, including cannibalism, which we'll get into. Um, Some called it promiscuity, some called it prostitution. Uh, for lack of a better word, it, it wasn't sex for money. It was more like sex for getting into heaven, like we've seen with other cults. He'll be like, all right, have sex with that person. And they'd be like, okay. Um, uh-huh. And also incest. Furthermore, Skrilova, who was continuing to blame her misbehavior on these little boys, convinced the sisters to lock Jacob and Andrej in cages in their basement where they faced more abuse for about a year. Here is where I'm going to put a trigger warning. Okay. I would skip ahead about five minutes. Maybe not even five minutes. I let's go with two minutes. Two, two and a half minutes. Um all right. I'm giving you time to skip. We're good. Okay. And go. Go. Okay. So Jacob and Andrej were chained up and gagged and whipped, uh, put in these this the like the tiny cage. Mm-hmm. Um and inside they were they were whipped. They were starved, they were burned with cigarettes, electrocuted, scratched with forks, and forced to live naked in these little cramped cages amongst their own feces and urine. This big, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Sylvia Likens vibes. Yes, Yeah. Um, when the kids were not being kept in the cage, they would be handcuffed to a table. Uh, if they vomited, they were forced to eat it. 
Oh, yeah. Um, on the rare occasions they were bathed, it was with a small bucket of ice-cold water. Oh. The sisters would also sometimes try to drown them. They, How old are these little kids? Eight and ten. Andrej is <gasps> eight. Jacob is ten. Oh, my God. Um, the sisters sometimes tried to drown them, and at Skrlova and her father's encouragement, the women ended up force-feeding the boys and fattening them up, and this was so they could cut off their flesh and consume it. Oh, my God. Um, raw, mind you. Not that it should matter, but they didn't even cook it. Yeah. I, I feel like that's not even the right way to say it, but you know what I mean. Um, they actually cut off um, flesh from Andrej's leg at one point, um, and they and some visitors slash relatives, my sources differed, ate it. But either way, when this cannibalism took place, they did it also. They cut it off. They cut off these boys' flesh and they ate it in front of them. Oh my god! Uh, sometimes the boys were even allegedly forced to consume some of it themselves. Wow. So the boys later reported that they were also forced to self-harm with knives um, and that they were frequently sexually abused. Sometimes Clara, Katerina, and Skrlova would also, like like I said, like Skrlova would join them in attempting to drown these boys. So like Skrlova, yeah. like she was not a passive player in this is my point. Yeah, yeah. So... All right, if you've skipped, you're good. You're good now. We are set. We are good. We can get into the justice of it all. And according to the Prague Daily Mirror, on May 7th, 2007, which is unfortunately my birthday, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> not, not great um, in terms of we're not celebrating. Not a good day. Um, though, I mean, it is a good day. I shouldn't say that. But so... One of the Maurova's neighbors was setting up baby monitors in his newborn son's room. And, like, you know, those baby monitors that have, like, the screen where you can, like, watch your baby, not just hear it. Yep. Yeah. So, like, he was setting up those in his son's room and was horrified to discover that. So it turns out they were the exact same model that Clara Maurova had purchased. And she had installed them in the basement so she could watch her children be abused from mm. the comfort of another room like so that she didn't have to like get up and walk like it wasn't oh yeah. my god and because they were the exact same model and they were neighbors his son's baby monitors actually picked up the signal <gasps> of the monitor that she was watching her sons on. oh my god yeah um so the neighbor saw one of the boys andrej who again is eight bound and naked in the basement um, other sources I said saw that he witnessed him being beaten, but I'm not sure whether or not that's true. I do know yeah. for a fact that he saw Andrej. Andrej was beaten. I mean, uh, no, no. Andrej was tied up. Andrej was in a cage, like, yeah, the yeah. whole nine. So he's horrified and immediately yeah. calls the police. Obviously, he's a neighbor. He recognizes that it's, like, his neighbor's son. Holy shit. So he calls the police, and when the police arrived, the sisters saw them outside and immediately tried to flee. Uh, but they were quickly caught and subsequently arrested for child abuse. Yeah. Yeah. So upon entering the home, the police discovered and rescued eight-year-old Andrej, 10-year-old Jacob, and a 12 or 13-year-old girl, my sources differed on her age, named Annika, who was clutching a dingy little teddy bear for dear life and could not stop sobbing and was just like, thank you for saving me. 
Mm. Um, she explained that to the police that she was Clara's stepdaughter who she had adopted and had been in her custody since March 2007. Again, it's now May 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and she explained to the, uh, I mean, um, how do I put this? Ah, I'll just put it out there. Yeah, Annika was actually Skrilova. You don't say. Shocking, isn't it? So, however, all three quote-unquote children were taken to a children's home, and the sisters were then taken to the police station to give their statements. Mm-hmm. And they, they throughout this whole process, you'll, you'll find, they, they didn't even try to, like, deny that, like, yeah, we did this. But it wasn't like, there, there was finger pointing, but there was no denying that what happened to these boys happened to them. I mean, how can you? Yeah. Um, but so they confessed to abusing, the, or they admitted to abusing the two children in the basement. And the police were confused and said, well, what about the third one you abused? And they're like, third mm-hmm. one? There wasn't a third one. And suddenly it's uncovered that Skrilova was pretending to be a little girl. And yeah, how did she think she was getting out get of away. this? That's how, but that's what I'm saying. That's how she got out of this. They took her to the children's home. So then the police raced over to the children's home to go get oh, her. Oh, and she escaped And from she there. had escaped. She was no longer there. She fled wow. with friends to Denmark to avoid the, the investigation. And then from there, we'll get into that. Um, so the case had already gained national attention because these little boys were treated so horrifically. Yeah. But as Skrilova's story began to unravel and it was revealed that she was actually an adult woman and her father's splinter sect of the Grail movement was involved, Czech news outlets reported that although it was possible that Skrilova could face charges for passing herself off as an underage girl, the police mainly wanted her as a witness because they were not sure whether she was a victim forced to pose as this young girl by the cult Uh or whether she was an actual accomplice in this case. Yeah. So they were like, look, we're not looking to, like, go get her. We literally just want to talk. And she has run away out of fear, out of guilt. We don't know, but we need to find her and bring her back. Yep. Meanwhile, in September 2007, um, the wife of a Czech theater manager and dramaturge named Martin Farner came to the Marienleist School near Oslo, Norway, and brought with her her son, Adam who was a rather effeminate looking boy and enrolled him in the school saying that the family had just moved from the Czech Republic to Norway. Okay. Adam was actually Skrilova whose breasts had been bound and her head shaved to disguise herself. Jesus. I, I read in other places that she gained weight so that she would look kind of more like, like a, like a little boy. Rounder like, face. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, like a child. Um, I also read that, this family had, I read two different things. I'm not sure of the accuracy of which one. I read one that basically this family had Adam. Somehow, for whatever reason, they no longer had Adam as a son, and, but they still had all of Adam's paperwork. So they gave uh-huh. it to, so as being part of this cult, they joined with Skrilova and they were like, you can pose as our son. Like, you can have his papers and stuff like that. Yeah. Or they adopted Skrilova as Adam not knowing Skrilova was not Adam. Like they adopted, a, they thought they adopted a boy, but they did not yeah. adopt a boy. Um, I am more likely to believe the former than the latter, but you can use your own judgment. Both of these sources, I don't know which one is correct. Um, but yeah, so she said that the family had just moved from the Czech Republic to Norway. True. And that Skrilova was her son, Adam. False. 
So it was pretty apparent after a short amount of time that Adam was odd and didn't quite act like a typical young boy. Not that there's necessarily a baseline, but I mean more in terms of like, she didn't really act like a kid. And again, she's a mentally unhealthy adult woman. So she's not going to act like a kid and she's not necessarily going to easily act like a kid. Yeah. Um... But the principal of the school, injured Erickson, told the Oslo newspaper Dagbladet, quote, We did react to Adam's behavior, but it's not so easy to know. Children at that age can be so different, end quote. That's true. Yeah. So they, they, and why would you, you don't automatically look at people and think, oh, you know what? I bet that they're actually an adult that looks like a child. Like, that's not your first, if it is, I don't know what to tell you. You've been through some shit. Yeah, you've been through some shit. I will say there was a guy in my high school who could, like, grow a full beard by, like, in, like, freshman year. And people always used to say that this kid was actually an undercover cop because he looked like such an adult. It was, like, the opposite, where he just looked way older than he actually was. Yeah. And people were just like, yo, like, it's like, it's like a reverse of this story. Um, But yeah, so... Skrlova attended classes at the school for several months before fleeing to a children's home in Oslo, where she, as Adam, claimed she was again the victim of child abuse, same old song and dance. And then on September 16th, she disappeared from that children's home, which prompted a nationwide search because, you know, a child goes missing and you know it's a child or you think it's a child. And they had been abused previously. And and they said they had been abused previously, allegedly. Like, you're going to worry. You're going to want to know where that kid is. You're going to try to find that kid. Yeah. So then on December 16th, she disappears. And then on January 4th, 2008, police published photos of Adam and announced that they were seeking tips on his disappearance. So the following day, Skrlova was located in an Arctic city on Tromso. And after the authorities conducted DNA testing, it was discovered that she was not, in fact, a young boy named Adam, but actually an adult woman. Mm-hmm. 33 years old, like very much like fully a woman. Um, So Norwegian police issued a statement saying, quote, it turned out that the so-called missing teenager was a 33 year old woman, end quote. Like the police are just as baffled by all of this as like anybody else. It's pretty confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So after uncovering the whole scheme of Skrlova leaving the Czech Republic with friends for Denmark to avoid the investigation into the Maurovas and then going from Denmark, moving to Norway, Oslo police then deduced that Farner and his wife really did have a child named Adam who would have been about the age they said Skrlova was, and that's how they obtained this paperwork. Now, again, this is what they deduced, but then there was also articles that said that back in the Czech Republic that the this couple had been stopped and told, like, hey, we need your son, yeah. and we need to take him in for questioning, and then he disappeared. After, yep. Like, they, they were like, because he's not an adult. I mean, because he's not a child, he's an adult. Um, Again, I am more likely to believe this version, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. But either way. So then it was suspected um, that members of the splinter sect of the Grail movement had actually coerced um, Skrlova into fleeing the Czech Republic and living as Adam in Norway. And they were like, the police were like, we think that Skrlova, because you see, it doesn't matter if you know that she is an adult woman, you see her they're going to still see her as a child. They're still going to yeah. see her as like an innocent, quote unquote. So yeah. then they were like, we think that she was coerced into fleeing the Czech Republic as Adam. And then she, hoping to be discovered by the goodness of her own heart, fled the school 
and like basically started this wild goose chase to find her so that they could find her because she yeah. couldn't make herself known because of this cult. Sure, Jan. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, Norwegian police attorney Sven T. Rohr told the Associated Press, quote, not even we have been able to figure out what is up and down in this case, end quote, which is very true. Um, it's a weird fucking case. Mm-hmm. But Farner was arrested in Norway on child abuse charges. Then he was just released. Um, not just like just now, but he was just simply released. And he, both he and Skrlova were then faced with charges of providing false testimony in Norway. He, so he got off on the um, child abuse charges because, you know, there were no children being abused by mm-hmm. him. She was a fucking adult. But um, yeah, so then Norwegian authorities deported Skrlova back to the Czech Republic, where she was detained on January 9th, 2008 in Brno. I believe it's pronounced B-R-N-O, which is a Czech city. 125 miles east of Prague and normally I do my conversions and for my um for our not mine they're not just mine um they're also mine <laughs> they're they're his goddamn kids too um but no normally I do my conversion and for whatever reason I didn't do it this time I had just like a, a blonde moment but for our n- non-american listeners that's 201 about 201.17 kilometers okay away or, or east from prague and czech authorities then submitted her for a psychiatric evaluation and debated whether or not to charge her with identity theft and like misleading the authorities uh-huh so during the trial prosecution the maurova trial the prosecution said that the brothers were kept in the cage and tortured so the women could quote break the boy's will end quote uh, Clara confessed to abusing her sons, but claimed her her sister and Skrlova manipulated her into doing it, and that they were tr- they she was also subjected to torture at their hands as well. All three of the women testified and blamed the doctor, saying that he sent them instructions via text on how to torture the boys. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, it was later discovered that the doctor's quote unquote phone number was actually registered to Katerina. Oh, Marova, okay, Clara's sister. Um, again, I, I couldn't find much more information on that. So take that with a grain of salt, but interesting if true. And Skrlova also claimed that she had been abused by the sisters and forced to participate in these actions when she did not want to. Um, so again, like just a ton of finger pointing, like I said before. And Mm. in the end, all three women were found guilty. And in October, 2008, Judge Pavel Goth sentenced Clara Maurova to nine years in prison, Katerina Maurova to 10 years in prison, and Barbara Skrlova to five years in prison. Three other adults were implicated in and charged for their participation in the torture of the children, specifically the cannibalism. Remember when I said that they were eating the flesh, they weren't alone when they were eating yeah. the children's flesh? Um, Hanna Basova and Jan Skrla, or Jan Skrla, were sentenced to seven years in prison. And I believe now that I say this, my notes say different. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jan Skrla is related to Barbara Skrlova, maybe even the... Uh, maybe John Skrla was the Anglicanized version of his name. That may be her father. Um, okay. I don't know why I didn't put two and two together in that moment. But again, we are full of blonde moments today. And then Jan Turek was sentenced to five years in prison. Hmm. So all six offenders have since been paroled. Uh, specifically at the age of 36, Skrlova re- was released in 2011, two and a half years early. 
because mm. her lawyer claimed her psychological condition was deteriorating in prison. Her probation ended in 2016, and she has since been in the wind. Nobody knows what's going on with her. Nobody knows where she is or anything like that. That's not great. Yeah. Decidedly not chill. Um, so in case you didn't make the connection, this case is believed to have inspired the movie Orphan. That yeah. little horror movie with that creepy little girl um, who wears a mean choker, but that's about it. Not that's about it. She wears other things, but like, you know what I mean? Um, it's her, it's one, that and the pigtails are like the identifying features. Mm-hmm. Um, many articles make this claim. However, while this case occurred in 2008, which is a year before the movie was released, the script was written well before Skrilova's story made it to international headlines. Um, in fact, the film's screenplay was featured on the 2007 Blacklist, which is like a list in Hollywood of the most liked but unmade scripts of that year. Yep. Yep. Um, so now that's not to say that this doesn't closely resemble that resemble um, that this case and the movie like there isn't any resemblance. Um, an adult woman like Skrilova, born with a rare hormonal disease that makes her look like a child, is adopted by adults and manipulates them while committing severe acts of cruelty against the children of the household out of jealousy. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, near the end of the film, it's revealed that Esther has hypopituitarism, the same disorder as Skrilova. However, what the movie fails to touch on is that A, those who are affected by hypopituitarism can be treated by taking growth hormone injections so they can essentially like grow up like everybody else. Like yep. it's a periodic thing. And B, those with hypopituitarism need to take cortisone medication in the form of a once a day pill or weekly injections or else they could die. And oh, yeah. All right. And Esther, the character of, the, of Orphan, you know, the titular character is never seen taking pills, never seen with injections. And also as another like kind of plot hole when in the movie, she breaks her arm and they take her to the hospital, you know, as you do when like somebody breaks their arm, um, mm-hmm. you don't just leave them to fucking sit there. <laughs> but she, it would, it should have revealed or been revealed that her growth plates were fused, which is only something that an yep. adult would have, not a child. Yep. So, like, there's that, too. So, like, there, there's there's some minor plot holes to do with this whole, like, actually it's a movie. Thing. Yeah, it's you a movie. You gotta suspend your disbelief a little bit. Exactly. But this movie also bears a similarity to the story of Natalia Barnett, which made headlines a couple of years later in 2010, or I guess a year later in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, she was adopted from Ukraine at the age of six by Michael and Christine Barnett, And after several months with her new family, they went to court and had her birth date changed to 22. And it turns out that she has a form of dwarfism. But they were like, yes, but she is also older than her records say. Okay. Um, But yeah, so this movie was partially inspired by the 1987 thriller Fatal Attraction. Um Which, for those who don't know Fatal Attraction, there's going to be some minor spoilers. But again... That is 1987, my dudes. Yes. So it's been around for yeah. a minute. Yeah. If you're, but if you were thinking about watching it this weekend, um, <laughs> right now, this moment. Yeah. Yeah. If you're thinking of like after listening to this episode, you're gonna go watch it, then maybe turn this off for now. Yeah. Maybe don't. And for those who don't know anything about this movie, it stars Michael Douglas and Glenn Close, Queen Glenn Close. It has a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb, an 81% Google score, and a 76 tomato meter rating on Rotten Tomatoes, with an audience score of something I will see hopefully soon because it's t- I just it did a blip, 
There we go. Um, a 72% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know what happened. Like, my phone just went white. Um, <laughs> and the critics' consensus is, quote, a pot boiler in the finest sense. Fatal Attraction is a sultry, juicy thriller that's hard to look away from once it gets going. So if you're interested, basically the similar details include both the dad in Orphan John and Dan, Michael Douglas's character in Fatal Attraction. Both of them cheat on their wives. Um, which don't do that. Don't cheat mm -hmm. on your spouse. I'm just going to put that out there. If you're doing it, maybe I don't know. Stop. Um, and both of the villains of the movies, in this case, Glenn Close and Esther in Orphan, uh -huh. um, both of them kill animals and try to tear a family apart. Uh, they're both also, they believe that the male hero in this case, uh, hero is a loose term because again, if you're cheating on your wife, you're not exactly a hero, but, um, they believe that they are in love with this main male character and that that man is in love with them as well, that the feeling is mutual uh -huh. um, when this is not in, in fact the case. Uh, however, in Fatal Attraction, this woman is the main character's ex-girlfriend. It's Glenn Close is Michael Douglas's ex-girlfriend and not his, you know, adopted daughter. Yep. And I only say adopted daughter because I'm not saying it's it's equally fucked up. I mean, we all know Woody Allen and Soon Yi, but... It's also, mm -hmm. it, it adds like a bit of, in my opinion, like further fucked up -edness. But yeah. regardless. So the climax of this film is also similar to that of the 2005 horror film, The Ring 2. For those who haven't heard of The Ring 2, again, like, I can't help you here, my dudes. Like, there's, there's nothing that we can do to help you. But if you're planning on watching this movie this weekend, mm -hmm. as Haley said before, now you know. Uh, and if you do, I think you can watch it on Hulu. Um, All right. But The Ring 2 has a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb and 82% percent percent. How many tens? Uh, just pretend. Percent Google score and a, a whopping 20% tomato meter rating. Whoop whoop. And 33% audience score. And the audience score has over 250,000 ratings on okay. Rotten Tomatoes. With the critics' consensus, Ring 2 serves up horror cliches. And not even Hideo Nakata, the director of the movies from which this one is based, can save the movie from a dull screenplay full of absurdities. That being said... The climax between Orphan and this movie are very similar. Mm -hmm. Climaxes are very similar. Um, in that film, Naomi Watts is the main character, and her character gets out of this well, and suddenly Samara, the antagonist, who is Lilo from Lilo and Stitch, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, yep. Um, she calls her mommy, to which Watts replies to her, saying, I am not your fucking mommy. <laughs> she then blocks the well with a boulder, and Samara is, you know, inside the boulder. I mean, in, inside the boulder. Jesus Christ. Inside the well. Um, I'm becoming increasingly unhinged. But in, in Orphan, Vera Farmiga's character, who she plays the mom, um, she gets out of this, like, body of water, this, like, lake, pond thing. And Esther says, please don't kill me, mommy. And Farmiga's character replies, I'm not your fucking mommy. And then she kicks Esther to fall back into this ice cold, like, pit of despair. And, mm -hmm. like, it, you know, like, it's, it's, a, it's a fatal fucking kick if you catch my drift. Um, so this movie is understandably fucked up in its own right. Like, creepy little girls are creepy, and this is not new. It's a tale as old as time. However, Orphan, um, we should get into probably some facts about Orphan, first of all. So Orphan came out Let's in 2009. It. it is rated R. Um, from what I can tell, you can't watch it anywhere for free. Um, 
you gotta pay for it everywhere i'm looking it appears to be 3.99 so all right you know fucking i i guess if you want to you gotta pay for it so you gotta really want it also you might have like if you have cable or whatever it's spook season so it's probably on true true true, on some channel at some point usually yeah um probably not cable now that i say that because it's rated r but like hbo and shit like that kind of stuff maybe yeah yeah. um but regardless it's got a 7.10 no it's got a 7 out of 10 on imdb i am batting a thousand today a 90 percent google score and a 56 percent tomato meter rating on rotten tomatoes with an audience score of it's doing the thing again that's weird of 63%. And again, this one also has over 250,000 ratings. It's it's a very... I I I know it. Um, that's what they called that guy in my high school. They said that he was reverse orphan. Um, which, he was fine, I think. I don't think he... I, th- I don't think it hurt his feelings. But um, then again, he looked like an adult. So maybe we didn't think he was capable of getting his feelings hurt. I don't know. If you're out there, let me know. But the critics' consensus is, quote... While it has moments of dark humor and the requisite scares, Orphan fails to build on its interesting premise and degenerates into a formulaic, sleazy horror slash thriller. End quote. Which is, you know, not lo- the highest yeah, not praise. Great. Not the highest praise. Um, but regardless, Orphan received tons of complaints, not in terms of critical reviews upon its release, Specifically from adoption agencies, uh, Eastern European adoptees and their parents and foster care organizations for its portrayal of an adopted Russian child actually being violent and psychopathic and, you know, a fucking adult. And also for the anti-adoption language in the film, such as, again, when Vera Farmiga yells that she's not Esther's mommy. Like, I understand. Yes. Like, it's creepy. She's actually an adult, blah, blah, blah. But like. For adopted kids, like, that's, like, a big fear is that, like, and that's, like, something yeah. that, like, people say all the time, which really fucking grinds my gears. And if you ever say it to me, like, I may or may not punch you in the face, is like, oh, but they're not really your sibling. They're not really your child. They really are. Like, they really fucking are. Yeah, um, like, think of how, like, even if, like, you, like, if you grew up with somebody, like, here's, a, here's an example. How many of us have a family friend that you call aunt or uncle? Exactly. That is not like in your family at all but you're raised with them and you and they treated you as their niece nephew whatever it is and like they are family exactly. they really are just uh, because you're not blood does not mean yes, you're not family blood does not make whether or not you are a relative yeah. um and and i mean and for those who know me like i am very heavily like pro adoption my family would not be the same without adoption we would be much worse off um so and understandably that's why like this was one movie where like yes it was scary but i also turned it off because i was like yo this is like fucked up like this is not okay i mean her saying i'm not your mommy in the movie oh i didn't get to that point (laughs) yeah i mean it no it makes i mean i mean yeah it's problematic it makes sense in the movie because it's at like the the high point where like all of this bad shit has happened yeah and she's trying to actively kill them spoiler alert and she's trying to fuck the dad yes she's i was gonna get into that too yeah um (laughs) which is problematic also though because like again esther has that depraved crush on her adoptive father and that she uh, tries to take to the next level and yeah like that's another thing that's like really damaging 
to the message of adoption because like these kids are not like that also suggests the lack of a parental child bond which is not true biological parents bond just as much with their children as adoptive parents do with their children it is not it's got nothing to do with biology it has everything to do with the fact that you are a fucking family that is your child and you just like i hate to bring up twilight but you fucking imprint on their asses like it's got nothing to do why do you think like baby ducklings will like all of a sudden decide that somebody is their mother when they're like a human fucking being yeah like it's 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 beyond that it's nature it's just mm-hmm. it does not matter if it's by i don't know i'm getting ranty um so either way um in reality both canada and the united states saw a huge increase in families adopting children from former soviet countries after the fall of the soviet union and after this collapse many formerly soviet many formerly soviet orphanages were underfunded understaffed and lots of children were in need and many felt that this film's problematic storyline really just ruined opportunities for children to be adopted by a loving family because yeah. they, they associated it with fucking orphan. Yeah. So, for example, Melissa Green wrote in the Daily Beast that like the, the news outlet, the Daily Beast, quote, the movie Orphan comes directly from this unexamined place in popular culture. Esther's shadowy past includes Eastern Europe. She appears normal and sweet, but quickly turns cruel and vi- violent and cruel, especially toward her mother. These are cliches. This is the baggage with which we saddle abandoned, orphaned, or disabled children given a fresh start at family life, end quote. Mm-hmm. Now, to try to, I don't know if it's assuage some of their guilt or to, like, kind of try to fix this situation, the DVD release of Orphan did end up having a PSA added to the film, encouraging people to consider adoption and stressing that the film is fiction and that the adoption is a good and that adoption is a good thing. Um, like, please do it. Blah, blah, blah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which personally, I feel like that isn't enough. But whatever. Um, if if you want to watch it, you totally can. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're a bad person if you watched Orphan. But just know that, like, that's not a true portrait of adoption. It's one of those, like fake stories that's like a what if yes like orphan has a similar story to barbara skirlova and to that other woman but at the same time it's you know it's yeah not accurate whatsoever it's it's a story it is fiction you don't believe in rumpelstiltskin like you know i don't know well i mean it's it's sensationalized to be a movie Yes, it's it's like, literally it wasn't reason. though. It wasn't even sensationalized. Again, this story came out of this dude's head. It came out of the yeah. writer's head. Like it was not something where he saw it like that's that's the main thing is like people thought that it was based on this story because it, I mean and understandably so because it came out a year after this story broke. But no, and the screenplay the screenplay writer is Leslie is David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. And he wrote it ages ago. Mm-hmm. And that is that is it. And Orphan stars Vera Farmiga as the mom and Peter Skarsgård as John, the dad. Esther is played by Isabel Furman from... Um, she's, she plays tons of, like, creepy characters. She also played um, the, the bitchy little girl in Hunger Games. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. Kato! Kato! Bonk. Um, well, I but- also, like she's like young in the role but she like that's a very difficult role to play because you have to be 
a child pretending to be an, an adult, adult pretending, pretending to be a child, a child. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. she, she really kills it she like, really does kill it and like there's fun facts about it too that i will say like for example like she swears in certain scenes and because she was still a child the director was basically just like we'll do a couple of takes with you saying the word and then we'll do like some takes without you having to say it and we'll just add like the word in in post basically so that you're not constantly like having to say this uncomfortable shit but also allegedly there is a sequel or rather a prequel coming out to orphan Mm, um it's called orphan first kill and it's said on imdb to be a prequel to the 2009 movie orphan in parentheses 2009 um and it's said to be complete on imdb that like it's finished production so i believe next uh-huh. would be either post-production or if they've finished that maybe it's coming out at some point i don't know um it was written by david cogshall and it stars julia styles and also again isabel Furman. and mm-hmm. even though it's been years and years and years according now again this could very well be just like something people made up and have created an entry for on imdb but allegedly because like obviously isabel Furman is supposed to look like a child still and she has yeah. grown up like an like like a person would um the production used all kinds of tricks like they they used like makeup to make her look like she's a little girl again uh camera angles and even cgi so that she'll still look like the orphan from over a decade ago yeah, I, I heard about that sort of stuff when they were doing the, um, when they were filming it, and um, what's his name from Stranger Things? They had to like de-age him with CGI yes, because yes. he was starting to look like too old yes. for the character, <laughs> which is crazy. No, it's wild. But yeah, that is the that is the story of Orphan, and more specifically Spooky. the story of Barbara Skrlova and how the two are similar but they do not intersect all right happy spooktober happy spooktober we got one more episode and if you've been listening to our podcast for a while you might know what that episode's gonna be oh just a little uh preview maybe go listen to our previous spooktobers and you'll get a little bit of a hint (gasps) dun 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 That'll make sense um, in the next episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When we do it constantly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So you can go to our website. It's crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. And all of our links to our social media are there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also Patreon. We talked about the Patreon up top. Again, Secret Satan Gift Exchange. um, Live stream. Horror movie. You know the drill. You've mm-hmm. heard it before. So on that note, I guess we're going to see you on Thursday. See, I mean, yes, that's true. Yes. Okay. See you on see Thursday. See you on Thursday, this Thursday. Sure. I'll, Bye. It's your, it's your honeymoon. I'll let you have it. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. No. Yes! Always! Yes! Oh, don't be a hater.